Yeah, here. We're fine. I think it's a bass clarinet. <laughs> it, is it a bass harm, bass harmonica? It sounds maybe? like a reeded instrument. Cause it's, yeah, it could be. A, it could be like because they do make harmonicas like giant harmonicas. Yeah, like straight up, <laughs> they look like subway sandwiches. <laughs> and, like they do make them. Yeah, you and if if anybody would have access to them, Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones would be the guy. He'd just be like, "Yo, uh, call up that motherfucker who has that big harmonica. <laughs> Get him in the studio." We're, we're recording at 2 a.m. Get him down here. <laughs> the, it's like the fucking octo bass where you need two people. To, the Stones yeah. used the octo bass. Did they? Yeah. Uh, uh, who? Bill Wyman fretted it? Or somebody. Bill Wyman? Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Jagger. Or not Jagger. What am I trying to say? Richard's. Uh, Richard's bowed it? Yes. Wow. Wow. It's. I think it's on one of their psychedelic Keith. nonsense records. All their records are nonsense. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Keith Richards was chasing the dragon, bowing She's the octaves. She's so cold. Can I, get, can I get a little less volume in my headphones? Yeah? Can, can, I, yeah? can I get a lot of less volume? Yeah, I More just snare. feel like I don't want to hear myself that much. Yeah, very, okay, uh, well, this is good. Um, Welcome again in the garage, everybody. Yeah. What's going on? Nothing. Sanford and Son. Um, it's a show. Welcome to the new year. This is episode one of season three, guys. So wow. that's that's something, We've isn't made it? it? This far, our We've podcast far. has not yet made it out of the pandemic because we're still pandemic. So but, were we pandemic when we first started? No, right? Yes, we were hardcore pandemic. Do we started this in in the middle of the pandemic? Right? I thought we started this in 2019. Not we did start it before pandemic. Did it we? Was, right? We were recording in. In a gar- when we used to record in a garage, yes, or when you guys did, yeah, we did the black flag. The first episode, of black flag, was in a garage, and then I... we did Luke's basement, yeah, the basement tapes, the basement for tapes. a couple months. <laughs> and we moved around a bit. Now in the dining room. Porch. Can we yeah, turn my specials? gain? I see my gain is very hot. Can you put that where Luke's is? Cool you off a little bit. Thank yeah. you, thank you. So we started this before the pandemic. I thought yeah. we were a pandemic yeah. podcast. No, no, because we were podcasting and playing music and stuff. Oh. like yeah, remember sometimes. And... Yeah, well, the first I'm... episode you were on was the prog rock episode. Oh, that sounds very unlike me. Yeah, <laughs> well, you were very... actually you're was you're. It? A good segue, one of the bands that Jeff mentioned as being a sort of a sleeper prog rock band oh, sure. is the band that we're featuring today. I, yes, I do it remember is. This. And that band is Queen. Uh, wait, let's do it again in th- perfect three-part harmony. One, two, three. Queen! We, we all, why'd we, <laughs> we all go high? Because ho- it's Queen. You all have to, Listen, has to go high. <laughs> Michael goes low every time. You, <laughs> thank you. It's like, why would you even go high? Queen. Oh, you guys shifted. (laughs) Part independence. Uh, Yeah, so we're talking about Queen today um, because we decided, you know, it's one of the big bands that we haven't gone deep into, and it's a band that I think we all have some level of appreciation for. Oh, 100%. Um, We're going to kind of just hit some... 
things in their career. Um, you know, we won't give too much like bi- biographical details because you can. I thought we were covering 1995 to today. The important. <laughs> That's years what I studied. <laughs> Who's the guy who came in from Bad Company? What's his name? Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers. <laughs> and then I, Adam Lambert. <laughs> I watched a documentary last night. It was just, you know, like one of those, like, you know, hour and 25-minute yeah. snippets that, that go over it. And uh, they're just talking to people who are around them and stuff. And they're like, Paul Rogers was an interesting pick for Queen. It, it was never supposed to be Freddy, you know? And you're like, yeah, what the fuck was Paul Rogers doing? I well Coming in in his men's warehouse jeans. Yeah, he is... <laughs> Looking, fucking rhinestone, looking fucking like a, jeans. looking like a, a Reno sugar daddy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing was though, like, I like doesn't it doesn't make sense to me at all because I'm like, Bad Company has so many hits. Like, why didn't Bad Company just keep like Paul yeah. Rogers and Bad front your own band? Get yeah. out of here. I will say the the Queen and Queen plus Paul Rogers live DVD that was sold on PBS and etc. Yeah, it's actually that. pretty good. Yeah, he didn't do a bad Paul job. Rogers. I like Paul Rogers. It's like sounding. It's like a very, very good singer who sounds who can't do any Freddie Mercury things. No, those songs. It's yeah. a different. He well, yeah, and his voice is just so different. Like the tone of voice is just yeah. so different altogether. So but it works. It so works. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Um, so we're going to so. talk about Queen, and uh, let's uh, we'll hit some things. Let me just get my handy dandy notebook notebook out. A la Steve. Steve. Not Joe. We're Steve podcast Steve. here. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, also, yeah. Steve, real quick sidebar, great follow on Instagram. Yeah, he's an excellent man. Yeah. He's he's a good dude. Yeah. I'm more of a kind thing. heart. I'm, I'm more a... of a LeVar... LeVar... LeVar Burton guy. Thank you. My microphone fell, everybody. LeVar Burton. Fucking one? Reading Rainbow. Reading Get a clue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Oh, Get a clue. <laughs> Take a look inside a book. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bum. <laughs> Rainbow. <laughs> Excellent song. Reading One of the top '90s kids theme songs. It's in a book. <laughs> yeah, who was that? Like Donna Summer doing the theme song? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, let's start with this. How about how about first and foremost? Oh, um, it's you know as a precursor to our conversation, just to give people a baseline of where we are for Queen. Um, all right. When it comes to Queen, are you guys hate, dislike, neutral, like, or love? Queen? Yeah. I would say I love Queen. Neutral. Ooh, okay. I love Queen too. Yeah. All right. So we're on the we're all on the positive leaning yeah. side of things. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. I don't hate. I'm just neutral. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so uh why don't we start with this? What were all of our introductions to Queen or like first memories or first like exposure to Queen? Um, I would Mine might be the same as yours, mm. maybe not. But my first early memory of hearing a Queen song has got to be fucking Wayne's World, man. Oh yeah, oh, okay. when they're singing Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, yeah. in the car. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably my earliest memory of hearing a Queen song mm. that I could you know remember. Mine too. Now that you say that, yeah, yeah. Or I don't even think it was. I don't even think I saw the movie. I think it was the reference to mm. the movie. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. was the whole thing? It was like I hadn't, even, and then I got to see the movie afterwards. But yeah. it was like, yeah, that thing. Yeah, I, I didn't see that movie till later. So mm-hmm. my my first exposure was like, my parents are like very musical theatery people, and so Queen was one of the pop or rock bands that actually was in 
pretty heavy rotation in my house. Mm. Like like Queen and Earth, Wind and Fire and the Beatles. Like my parents are big into like a little bit more theatrical and like three, four, five part harmony music and so we listened to Queen and I remember specifically having the Burgundy cover greatest hits album. Yeah. I read the Wikipedia yeah. page for that greatest hits this morning. It's like one of the greatest wow. greatest hits. Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah, it's like a it was like a redo of like the one mm. the black cover from the eighties that you've seen that doesn't look that great. Oh uh, yeah. Um and I and the other thing I, I probably heard Queen very early on was all the sports anthems. So like we will rock you. Right. Oh yeah. Like anytime yeah, you go to right. a baseball or football or any you know, any game, we yeah. will rock you. We are the champions. Another one bites the dust. Like those are always played. Yeah. Queen. Just the doom doom. Like yeah. that so maybe, was, you know, ma- yeah. I mean, maybe, th- maybe I ha- I didn't know that I knew. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So like, yeah, like that too. And then like also, Queen was like an early um LimeWire band for my family's household. Oh, like that okay. was like one of the bands like we mined on LimeWire, and then like was like discovered more of as a family together. It was weird. A crazy little thing called love artist. <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> That's yeah. how it be listed on my Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also remember like being probably in like a seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, going to a skate park and maybe kind of thinking Queen were like a bit lamer. Kind of right, you yeah. know what I mean. Mm. And I saw this kid skateboarding that was older that I respected, and he was wearing a Queen shirt. Oh. And I'd never seen anybody have a Queen shirt, mm. and I was like, oh, I was like. Queen Queen's is cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so like that was like permission to like really get into it after that. Yeah. So cool. Um, why don't we? Uh, you mentioned Bohemian Rhapsody in the film Wayne's World. What are what are our thoughts on the Bohemian Rhapsody film that like created this modern resurgence mm-hmm. in their following and appreciation? I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing that the movie influenced people to go back and like revisit Queen and listen to Queen. Uh, there's some timeliney type stuff mm. about the film that I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, he didn't know he had AIDS at Live Aid." So yeah, the movie's like, "He's like, fellas, oh. I have AIDS. Let's go do one last rocking show." It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> that's not. <laughs> yeah. It's like you guys released albums after yeah. this, and that's yeah. the biggest. That, I think that's the bigger statement about like. I think my issue with like the. The biopics just as a yeah. whole is like they're like, well, we have to make this sort of like a theatrical narrative. And you're like, the actual story is way more interesting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's the shit that gets me every time. It's like, why why are we fucking with the narrative? Mm. Especially if it actually happened. You know what I mean? Like, that's the shit that, that just drives me bonkers, man. Mm. Yeah, uh, I didn't like it. But um, also, if it's more like a it's like a kids. It's like a Disney movie on Queen. Like, so. Yeah, let would, the let the yeah, kids yeah, enjoy yeah. their let the kids and the right. older people enjoy their Disney movie about Queen, and then if you like the music and you yep. you know you know and then yeah, that's you'll, how you'll dig that's, deeper you'll right? find what happened because yeah. like you know it's what I kind of see it as is like a marketing thing right it's like mm. a come see Queen live like sure yeah. you know what I mean like yeah this is the history of Queen then you get mm. to come see Queen Adam Lambert on tour and it's like yeah. a good. It's a good PR move. Like I see it more of like a good PR move. It's not something right. I'm interested in on like a no. a level of. I'll like say uh, like a contemporary film that came out around the same time as Bohemian Rhapsody that I thought it was better was Rocket Man. Oh, Rocket Man was so. I fun. thought Rocket Man was much fun, fun much fact. Better. The same guy directed both. Kind mm-hmm. of. Really? Kind of. Kind of. Well, so Bohemian Rhapsody. The film was like ten years in development. It was went yeah. all through this stuff. Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to play Freddie Mercury. And supposedly, like, 
he dropped out because after years of trying to like develop it, the guys in Queen were like, this movie's going to be great. Halfway through, Freddie Mercury dies. And then the band goes on. And he was like, what the fuck are we talking about? We can't, like, <laughs> we're not going to talk about like you guys playing music without there's Freddie a, Mercury for Can I just hour. say, there's a reason why Oliver Stone's movie about the doors ends about the time when Jim Morrison dies. dies. Cause that's yeah. just what it is. Nobody gives a shit. But the, uh, the, <laughs> direct, the director after. of Bohemian Rhapsody, um, Brian Singer, was fired halfway through production yeah. for various reasons. And then... Um, Dexter Fletcher took over, and he uh, the next year he directed Rocket Man. See, I think which is a much different movie, much different kaleidoscopic. Well, I li- that's like, why I liked it. It was like a kaleidoscope. Musical. It's like a musical, yeah. Right, it was a right. musical. It had like it had like a fever dream thing yeah. going on to it, which like yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody had like a fever dream thing going on to it, but it was like they didn't know they they were sick. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and it was like they were treating it like it was a fever instead of cocaine-induced psychosis, which is how their lives actually work. Well, thank you, though. So, like, that's the whole thing. If you're gonna make a movie, like, there, no, you don't make news of the war, you know, whatever. With I don't know. I think it's I like I'll go so so far to say it's like morally irresponsible to make a PG-13 movie about about Queen. Thank you, because it just makes it seem like. Well, it, we're just hanging out, guys, making rock and roll. It's yeah, like, yo, rock these, and roll. And we're good friends. Was, this guy was a fucking maniac. Yeah. <laughs> like, like self-professed, talked about, like, living in Germany and having an apartment and then, like, catcalling guys on the streets to come up and blow him. Yeah. Like, like in public at noon yeah. <laughs> on a busy street, like, oh, like oh. yelling from his balcony type of, like, party. Are you saying a Mozart of his time? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. yeah, my overall views line up with what you said, which is, you know, ultimately any movie that gets people listening to the greatest stuff, you know, whatever. Like, I think yeah. it's like, I think it's the best version of those made for TV, like VH1 movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it's like, it's both overacted and underacted. And like yeah. the dramatization of moments is just like cringy and like, ugh. But didn't you say too that Sasha Baron Cohen's version was grittier, was... Yeah, like or at least his vision for what he what he wanted to do wanted to do yeah. with was be a bit more honest about like what yeah. was actually going on, and yeah. it would have been probably yeah. rated R. Yeah, you know, so you can see where they try to you know. Well, they want try to make, to make a, it an they, all ages. Yeah, film. they wanted to make a billion dollars, which they did. So, yeah, like it was a highly grossing film, and, I, and so, it won. It won I some hope awards somebody, too, didn't it? Win like yeah, two won Golden Globes. four Oscars. I hope four somebody Oscars. Dewey Cox. The shit out of it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope we get a Dewey Cox part. That's what you know. What's so two. funny though? Like I watched this movie and I'm like, I'd rather be watching Dewey, Dewey Cox. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> you know though? I have yeah. no sense of smell. I got no sense of smell. <laughs> I'm cutting a half pretty bad, Dewey. <laughs> every fucking time, every podcast that we said something. It, we watched it. Me and Chelsea watched it the other day. That's Did you? Why. Yeah. It was on. The it's house. so good. It's on. It's speak, on the streamers. Speak English, Doc. We need scientists. But yeah, so the movie, you know, it's again. I would not recommend it. it no. But if you've seen it, thank you for enjoying Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I guess is what I'll say. Right. I love it. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, so yeah. moving on, we're what we want to get deep into today. Um, yeah. We're going to be talking about five albums specifically throughout the Queen discography that we think are pretty representative of like the best of what they did. Um, those five albums are going to be their debut, Queen, uh, their third album, Sheer Heart Attack, uh, Night at the Opera, 
Jazz, which I think is their seventh album, and The Game, which I think is their eighth album. Um, and these albums span from, I think Queen, the debut came in what? 1973 to 1980. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's what I think about when I think about Queen. Like, they did do, they did have some hits in the 80s and they were rocking stadiums in the 80s. But for me, like, their best music was in the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we're going to start with uh, the debut, Queen. And um, why don't we hit, like, what are your, what's your overall thought about the album? Uh, I'll say this. Queen 1, mm-hmm. for the longest time, was my favorite sure. Queen record. But going back, listening yep. to this record, yep. listening to the other four, I uh, pretty quickly fell sure. <laughs> to sort of on my lesser of the favorites, especially of this sort of spread. Sure. Um, I just think there's some snoozers on here. There's some good songs, yeah. but I mean, Great King Rat. It's like okay, it's Did like you... it's old King Cole. Like get like can we just like move on. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know, Great King. I just wasn't a huge fan of that. I mean, Keep Yourself Alive is a great. Did you listen to the track. original mix of the um? Like... Uh, no, I listened to the 2011 uh, remaster. remaster. I listened to the the original vinyl mix. Mm. I have it on vinyl. I just didn't listen to it there. I just had bit to muddy. To it on Spotify. Bit muddy that mix. Yeah, yeah th- this album they. Uh... They made this album like using time that was banked in the studio from other bands that weren't using it at night. So they record this album like self-recorded with a couple engineers, like in the dark hours of, you know, when the good stuff's going down. Yeah, you could tell it was like yeah. it's not like a bad record. It's a good. Um, I think it's a good first record. It's got mm-hmm. like the great. I mean, obviously, keep yourself alive is like a classic Queen tune. Yeah, and it's got like great that great har- uh, doubled harmony guitar and the boom, 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 boom yeah. kind of thing in the vocals. Um, otherwise, it's like there's a lot of fairy dust on this record. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, uh, along the same lines. I think it's a solid debut album, but it is it is so much of that like fanciful, proggy, mystical, medieval. Yes. like it's it's just too much like the standard fair prog of that era. The, yeah. The the yes the Jethro Tull the right like, right yeah where it's like dudes like coming out wearing like lambskin kilts and shit and like a fuck I don't, uh, I liars don't, tun- <laughs> tunics wearing tunics yeah, yeah, on right, stage right. Like, my uh, lord liar is a great tune on that record too there, yeah there are ver- there are songs yeah. that I do like but I would say it's just there's not enough po- actual like pure pop mm-hmm. stuff yeah. that which is really defines them because they are so all over the place stylistically. But their best stuff has hooks, and this album, yeah. there's a lot of pomp and <laughs> pomp and not much circumstance. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Keep um, yourself alive is probably the only one that has that sort of um, super catchy. You know what it is for me? It. It's like um, you got to stay away from like the. It's like the instrumentation they used. It's like yeah. you stay. Away, that's what it is for me because like you can say they sing about dragons and shit later, right. and I'm on board. Right. But it's like the the loot. It's like don't don't. Dun, yeah, dun, like like pounding like staccato yeah. piano chords. Yes, yeah. and there's yeah. like a lute and yeah. like you know what I mean. It's yeah. just not. There's a lot of the acoustic guitars. Yeah, you can hear the. Like you listen to what happens later, and it makes sense based off of listening to this one. But they just haven't. When I was listening to like these records, I thought like it's similar. Not necessarily musically, but similar in the way of like how Pink Floyd's sort of story arc happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like you can hear the early, early... Like, you can basically hear everything building up to Dark Side. Mm-hmm. 
you know, where I think with this one, similarly, you can oh, hear right, everything yeah. kind of building up to Night at the Opera. Yeah. I, I like I like that analogy, except that, oh, my God, did Pink Floyd make so many more shit records before yeah, Pink that? Floyd oh, yeah. Unlistenable. Let's do start start negative, then hit positive. Um, if you're picking one, your least favorite track, what's your least favorite track? Oh, my least favorite track on this is Doing All Right. What's your least favorite track? Uh, I didn't like like the last like three like Jesus and Seven Seas of Rye like all that. Okay. Nah. Oh, you didn't like Seven Seas of Rye? No. Well, that that's like the instrumental like yeah. one minute version. Yeah. Yeah, and like it was just like the last like three tracks for me were yeah. like. My least favorite was My Fairy King, which was like straight up just like. Send, yeah. send send these send these elves to the guillotine. <laughs> like, my fa- yeah, my fairy king it. was very. That's the one I think is like very like the like fucking Mozart yes. yeah. head banging. Like uh, yeah. it's not my th- my my favorite track. I'll say is doing all right. Yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah, really. I think I can't remember what movie it was in. It was definitely used in a movie like a like a closing credit song in a movie. Huh. And I just like that because it's like. The verses and then the like refrain, the doing all right refrain. It's like straight seventies soft rock powered ballad. Yeah. But without much power. And then it has those like spastic, like fucking tr- like you know, that yeah, like yeah. crazy rock wizardry shit that they would do. Like thrown in and it like time like jolts into a different thing. And yeah. sometimes you listen to Queen's stuff and It'll be like at one level volume wise, and then the mix just jumps so much louder during yeah. the heavy parts. Um, yeah, so if I had to pick one, that's the one I actually like the most. Doing mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked Liar. <laughs> Unrelisten. Sure, but favorite. Keep yourself alive is probably my okay. favorite tune, and that's and track one. I yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the. Yeah. It's like it's just such a. <coughs> A powerful song as that's like the, the first track. It reminds me of the first, very much like the first. What's the first song on Zeppelin one? Oh, uh, good times, uh, bad times. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of vibe where it's yeah. like, oh, okay, because they like, do set it up like that song yeah. is the most queen, queen like, song. It's the right. one with the harmony guitars. Right. It's the one with the crazy vocals that like yeah. are yeah. stacked five. Those times. hits, like the and it's and the thing that I like about this too, and. Just we'll get into it when we talk about individual band members and so on. But uh, the, just Brian May coming in with these like m- super major key yeah. scales, kind of all over the place, where everybody at the time, especially 1973, it's either minor scales or it's minor blues, pentatonic scales. You know, like nobody's coming in playing in, yeah, he's like, this like major a... like key sort of uh, yeah. thing going on. You know, he's like he's like if you. I don't know the way he plays and the way like the phrase he comes up with. It's kind of like classical. It's like a classical violinist playing like jazz fusion music. Yeah, like it's very. Yeah, it's out there. He's got his own style. Yeah, because he doesn't. He doesn't sound like anybody else. It's so melodic. Nobody sounds like him. No, and and the note choice though, like yeah, you could sing back all of his solos, and they're all these very twisty. They go in all these weird places, but they all make sense. Um, Anyone if. Ultimate, if you're making a giving this a letter grade, uh, letter grade, oh, can we go out of 10. I'm gonna 10. Or go out of 10. Five, five, Ooh, five. I'm gonna go like seven and a half. What eight? Eight is a clock, eight, ten, ten is dark side of the moon. Yeah, ten is a perfect album. All right, so six. Thank you. Yeah, 
Am I offending you with my ranking of yes. the record? You know, listen, ten music. Is, ten is the greatest album yeah. ever made. Eight. Right. Eight is like an extremely good album. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fine. Yeah, Six. I'm saying I I'm gonna split the difference five. five I'll say five and a half. Okay. Because like straight up, uh, I can't even remember the last time I listened to this whole album. <laughs> Before this assignment to listen to these albums, because <laughs> yeah. I dread listening to this album because oh. I just go, oh my god, I don't want to listen to to Queen doing their version of Fragile by Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly what I thought this was too. Like, yeah. and there are good songs. Like, you know, that's why it's a five or a six. It's not bullshit album, but there's a lot. You got to be into this kind of shit. You got to be into early Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's like what it's yeah. like. Um, anyway, moving on. The next album we're going to talk about, uh, the third album is Sheer Heart Attack. Um, this is my go-to Queen record. Oh, on, so good. Like on, okay. the, on like the vinyl. Like yeah. If I'm pulling a Queen record off the shelf, this is usually the one I, yeah. I go to. Yeah, I'll also say this quickly became probably my number one of the five. Wow. I, uh, I feel very similarly. Um, this, in my opinion, of any Queen album, this is the most like underrated, meaning like, the average person yeah. has not heard of the album Sheer Heart Attack. Um, there well, are some it's, singles it's, on it, yeah. but this is this is like the first album because of theirs to really put all their pieces together and really be yeah. like, holy shit, like slam bam, thank you ma'am, like yeah. front to back, great album, great because it's rocking. It still has that like classical proggies type stuff. It's very poppy. I well, bet. I mean, but it's not like sugary poppy, but it's very hooky and like... Yeah, it's just, I think everything is like, this is a thing, because this record came right before Night at the Opera, correct? Right. Yeah, so this record to me feels a lot like like Rush 2112, because it's the pre- precursor to like moving pictures. You know, like mm. it's like, it, it's it's the, it's the, this, it's them going like, this, oh, we, we have something here. And the Night mm. at the Opera is when they're just like, they know that they have something. Mm. See, this is them discovering that they have something, I think. This album for me is like their like most hard rock album. This is like their um like their most straight ahead rocking rock, record. Yeah. yeah. And I like it too cuz it gets mixed with the you get the hard rock queen sound mixed with the theatrical queen flavors. Yeah, cuz so, you have Killer Queen right. on here. That's the second track and that is so like Oh yeah, it's it like it just has that. It's the probably most quintessentially Queen sound, sounding song, mm-hmm. in a tight pocket. That's not right, Bohemian Rhapsody, hits. right? And then like, <clears throat> it's I like how you just said Rhapsody, like it was like BT show. Yeah, Rhapsody, Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. That's all, that's probably the only way I'll ever be able to pronounce it. To be honest with you. But um, that's the only hit though. If I'm looking at the track list, it's right the here. only oh, hit. Stone hit. Cold Crazy, bro. That's not a hit though. That's like a retrospective yeah. hard rocker. You that's, know what I mean? For those who know it, yeah. That's like a yeah. That's like a. It's always, hey man, but that's, that's always hardest. on a greatest hits. It right? is, but it's not. Album. But it's not a classic rock radio. No, it's it, should, the, it should be. Like I, I agree. I'm gonna say it's, this it's song Queen is doing Deep Purple. And Brighton Rock is another one where you hear yep. sometimes, but. This record is like I think what Queen does a bad job at now. Queen's great at keeping their legacy alive, but bad at keeping their album legacy alive. Mm. Like you, like in the way that you see um, "Dark Side of the Moon" printed everywhere, like the triangle, yep. is you never see like sheer heart attack logos or insignia. No. And so, like, they're not great at cataloging their albums and, like, presenting them as the works of art that they were originally released as. So, like, 
I don't think people get this album and get the context that it was released in because this is like a killer album if you're looking at like Aerosmith's um you know releases in 74 would have been like uh rocks, rocks or toys or toys in the arc you know? yeah so like that's what I'm saying it, this fits with like all those great classic records of like American and you you know what I mean yeah it's definitely of its time it's great I definitely didn't think there was like a bummer on this record no you know what I mean it's just no. more of less rides on a it's, it's more rides on a very consistent tone I think throughout right yeah, production wise too. So, yeah, yeah it sound the record sounds really yeah, nice. Yeah, it sound it cuz like you said the the album's coming out around the same time like you know, uh what's the double album, the Zeppelin double album that came Physical out? Graffiti. Physical, Physical graffiti. Physical graffiti. So, I believe it was like the same within the same year of that. Yeah, 74. Yeah, 74. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, it's just it's kicking. Yeah. It's it's only the one hit hit, but um yeah, I agree. There's not any like. Uh, well, let's say let's say our least favorite. My least favorite. Uh, I I skip it sometimes because, you know, it is. I, I appreciate the the. Uh, I appreciate going for it on the second side opener, but screaming Roger Taylor at the start of "In the Lap of the Gods," and oh, through, yeah, and throughout yeah. because like. He is mixed so loud on that song, and yeah. it's just the like, ah! like, yeah. and it's like yeah. it's like yeah. this yeah. banshee wailing that over the choruses and stuff, and it's just, uh, it's an excellent song. I I like it a lot more when it's the album closer uh, in the lap of the gods revisited because it's like just more, yeah, more, less is more. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, that is my one that I would that I skip sometimes in the lap of the gods. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna go for uh, tenement, f- funst- tenement funster, <laughs> yeah. this, and it's not. This is why for me, I f- I feel like those guys, the other members in Queen, aren't bad singers. Mm. But when you have Freddie Mercury in your band, just let him sing all the songs. No, I disagree. Strong disagree. You're strong. strong. I don't disagree. disagree on other records, but on like this record. Just let him sing. Make it. Co- you got it. This is why. Mm. I always am wanting a more consistent statement from them. And yeah. for me, this album is very consistent in, sure. in the hard rock flavor. Yep. But like the vocal throughout, like when the other members sing, Freddie's not also in there. Like when the Stones do "Happy" and you hear Mick mm. strong in the chorus singing. You know what I mean? Mm. He doesn't really come in for me like on their on their songs the way like come mm. through in a way that like I feels like cohesive enough for me. And uh, it's only because I think he's such a, so good. Right, and it's right. not like the other guys their other guys are great singers. They could front their own bands. They did. Right. But I uh, I will disagree <laughs> mostly because Tenement Funster as a track if you like put all of the Roger Taylor lead songs together in a playlist, it all they're all the same. I mean, they're all different, but they all have the same elements, which is the beat is like and he's just like ah, da, 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 That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's like this it's like this double tracked, like mean mean sounding thing. And it's always that like that like dark driving, like halftime type of thing. Um yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where Freddie, you're getting so much more emotional range and vo- and just like, yeah, and even yeah. if it's but if it's their songs and they have Freddie sing it, that's always better too, in my opinion. 
like when they mm. bring him a song and he just sings it that's great yeah. that always comes out better I just I love I love singers so I just disagree because <laughs> I I like the flavor that they all bring No I hear it. I they hear all have it. very di- very yeah. different flavors I'm glad we I gl- we we have yeah. some love and contention about Yeah I I would agree in the lap of the gods probably my least favorite song on the sure. album too but this is my thing Roger Taylor you are the Michael Anthony of the fucking band. Just be Michael Anthony of the band. Just hit the high notes, <laughs> serve your purpose. Come on, and man! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> no, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna table this conversation for later. When we get to the when we get to the band members. Listen, I'm not saying I don't like his voice. I'm not saying I don't like his voice. I'm gonna. But... I have an opinion that is gonna split your wig later on when we get talking right, about okay, it. Because okay. I came to a very well. My wig's on tight. Today, <laughs> so let's to... get ready. All right, Mozart, get ready. <laughs> Why don't I have more heads? <laughs> Um, I I say Tenement Funster was was gonna be my choice mostly because I it's just that it's such an acoustic guitar setup and and it's like about a dude who just wants to party in his apartment building but it like makes he it sounds like he's like off to war he like wrote a song about like being off to war but it's about like can't I play my radio loud in my fucking apartment it's like also such also a weird this is why too Brighton Rock killer. Killer Queen, amazing yeah. third track. <laughs> Sometimes it's the it's the it's the jab instead of the knockout punch. No, my, my least favorite. So so yeah, the in the lap of God is my least favorite. But yeah, t- I I understand your points. <laughs> Shut Yo, the fuck up, as Roger. As you soon as you turn the record over, just scream. It's so loud too. Because like, he's screaming, and the rest of her instruments you hear they're they're like faded in yeah. <laughs> underneath. It's yeah. like Jesus. Too much. Um, too much tuna. How about favorite track? I'm gonna say it. Mike already mentioned it. Favorite track. If I am picking one, because there are, I love this album. I'm going Stone Cold Crazy, man. Oh, oh my me God, too, hundred percent. Because it's just it's balls to the walls, full throughout, like rock and roll. The the like yeah. tip ticky tacky like during the verses, and it's like that slap back echo. It's just like like you said, it's it's like them doing uh doing doing deep purple. Yeah, right. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just driving rock and roll. It's like two minutes and ten seconds. All killer, no filler. That's the thing. I love the song. Yeah, that's probably my favorite song on this record as well. Um, it reminds me as well of um, "Lord of Your Thighs" by Aerosmith. But like, <laughs> but "Lord of Your Thighs" Lord is like the slowest, <laughs> the slowest version of it. <laughs> Listen, guys, we're talking hard rock. You, you know, you know what my favorite Aerosmith song is? Smell the sniff the glow. <laughs> they just did the cover they wanted. "Lord of Your Thighs." Good God. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Lord of your thighs! Dude, you've never heard that song? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am the Lord of your thighs. Wow. Even Tyler, down, I didn't down, know you were gonna be here today. <laughs> my favorite thing uh, is like when they, <laughs> when when people like give him that like the shit like you guys uh, just you know give him like the bad taste about it. He goes like. <laughs> He's like, man, fuck you. Like, I never read that book. <laughs> I read that book. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's flies, Stephen. He's, yeah. like, he's like, why can't Aerosmith be artsy? Because <laughs> you're uh, making love in an elevator. That's but it's Because it's, it's called Lord of Your Thighs. <laughs> you you, you got to admit, it's uh, pretty great. Though. It is. Oh, it's great. so good. It's so good. Anyway. Anyway, um, let's go to... Let's give a grade to this, or I should say, let's give it a a, a number. 
<laughs> Let's give this a number. <laughs> Pitchfork bullshit over here. Out of 10, uh, I am giving this... I mean, if I'm just thinking ahead to what we're going to be talking about, I'm going to straight up give this a 9. Wow. All right. It, it, All right. It's at least an 8. So I'm, I'm, And I love Queen, and I do love this album. It's, yep. in my opinion, their most underrated album, so I am going to say a 9. 7.5. I'll go 8. I'll Strong. The, yeah. It's a strong record, man. It's a great... It's, it's strong. It is a great record. And I, I think I love it so much, too, because Killer Queen, iconic, gigantic hit. Yeah. Brighton Rock and Stone Cold Crazy, you hear it time to time. But the album is so... The rest of the album, all the deep cuts are hold their own. Yeah. Agree. It's a good, it's a good solid record. It, yeah. I listened to it this morning. It's a solid listen all, all the way around. Yeah. That's what I mean. You can listen to it front to back and you're like, okay. It's, yeah. uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel al- like I need to skip any songs, really. Great, great album cover. Just like four oh, yes. tan, we didn't even sweaty, talk about sweaty dudes laying yeah. in a dog bite. Who was the, that, who was the photographer? Is they what was need, his name? I don't know. They need to get... <laughs> oh, is it Mick Rock that took those photos? I, I bet you know. it's Mick Rock. I think it's Mick Rock. Let me look it up real Mick quick. Mick Rock took the classic. It does look like his style. He took the classic. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, Bohemian. Four faces yeah. in the shadows. The uh, yeah. Bohemian. <laughs> is that the cover, the of, cover of Queen 2 is the four faces? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's, that's later used in the, uh, Sidebar, the promo film. Like you said, the, the iconography and image stuff. A lot of great album covers. You got al- Queen 1, it's like black with a single purple spotlight on Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it looks great. It has the first album even has the Queen logo. The crest, yeah. yeah, yeah it's the, designed by Freddie in, Mercury. In the I queue. love it. Oh, Jesus, sorry. Love it. It's like a royal crest. Yeah, yeah for a record, Michael, Michael hit my mic stand. I didn't hit it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I had bad mic etiquette today. Sorry. Thank you. I love the uh, <laughs> News of the World one where it's the giant robot holding them in his hand. Yes, yeah. that was um like a play on the Iron Giant. Yeah. It was uh, um actually it's a that's an actual artwork from some like science fiction oh, magazine okay. that they like yeah. had the artist paint their hand uh, them into the hands yeah. of. But yeah, classic record covers, right? Yeah, really cool and proggy what's, and great. There, uh, what's the one from the? Uh, from the eighties, that's like the four. It's like the Andy Warhol style four colored faces. Oh, that is oh, Hot Space. Yes. Hot Space. I was gonna say Hot Flash. A very like uh, not so well received record. Uh, uh, that's got Under Pressure not, on it. Not well received by me. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Under Pressure is the only. It was the only good song on the record. Everything else was kind of a stinker. Well, it's it's so eighties trying to fit the style of like, you know, yeah, electro. Like yeah, I don't know. yeah. Um, but. Yeah, great. I mean, the Night of the Opera album cover, and then the the twin, the uh, Day of the Races, which is the you know the white version, and then the black version. And I wish they would have released those on the same day. It would have been Guns and Roses style. Yeah, they would have been way better. It's just epic. Yeah, but either way. Um. So let's get to the third album we were talking about. It's the album directly after Sheer Heart Attack. Um. This is a Night at the Opera. Uh, considered by many, I would say to be their masterpiece um i know it is that in my book it is their absolute pinnacle and peak and uh you know i will just say this album i listen to so often yeah it's just it's the um for me when i listen to this record you're just like and now the vision has become realized yeah you know it feels it just that if this is the for me like their 
sort of magnum opus. Mm-hmm. It's where like everything kind of comes together. The stars align, the planets, mm-hmm. everything just happens perfectly on this record. Yeah, I was. It's like, everything you want from them. They give yeah. you everything. I was a greatest hits guy uh, mm-hmm. until like Jeff started leaving this on the turntable quite often, and then uh, it is a great record. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of varying parts to it. Mm-hmm. I think it shows their progginess in a way that um, that they did it best themselves. Like they're more, it was like their most original take at their uh, their progness, and it's the best like shown out on record. Um, it also is the best where the other members sing on the record. I feel mm-hmm. like they hold their own on this one. Um, where it feels consistent all the way through. Um, yeah, this is a fabulous record. It's so good. And it has my favorite Queen song of all time. Ooh, what is Ooh. it? I don't know. It's... Well, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, let's save it, save it. We'll save it. Save it. I I know which one. I, I'm going to guess what it is. You know what it is. Um, yeah, I I think this is uh, their full strengths, and um, – it's so like. Also, can I real so fast? So unique. Yeah. It, this is the one where I feel where they weren't afraid to go, just get really like um, sentimental sure. and cutesy yeah. and yeah. like push that like part mm-hmm. of them out where they were like about to like get, just being really like sentimental. Where the last album's like hard. Right, right. This one's like, hey, man, like, yeah, yeah. let's be friends. Yeah, it's like because they used to do the like, like, a, yeah, aggressive, aggressive marchy type of like you know classical music influence, and on this, it's much more of that like fully embracing that that sweet flowery type of like like let's get mellow piano opus and mm-hmm. like singing like this. like yeah you know, like yeah that yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff um, very wist you know wistful and all that kind of stuff. Um, let's say least favorite tracks. Um. I'll say I'm in love with my car is an upsetting mm. song to me in the way that it's just like I love it. I love that. No, I love I love that yeah. song. But it's just kind of like the lyrical content <laughs> yeah, well, of yeah. it. I'm just like, ah, come on, like, she's a mean machine. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Pistons pumping and fucking like what what dude. But I like it because it's like a prog rock song about doing it with yeah. a car. <laughs> like, like, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. AC yeah. DC heard this song and they're like, ah, yes, let's make all of our songs after this formula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Extre- so thinly veiled sexually innuendos that you, they are not veiled in any way. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe like the the like. I don't know. Like, what is... You gotta feel for my own movie. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ugh. Maybe, like, Good Company, probably, the song before Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Like, it might be, like, weak, but it's not, like... Uh... And that's the one where it's like, it's Good Company. It's, like, very... Yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing slow... Nothing really on this record hits yeah. me badly where I'm like that. Um, You know, maybe, like... The first side closer was, you mm. know, a bit, but like not even yeah. there. It's not really a stinker on here for me. I, I like. Yeah, it. I mine. I had two that I thought, and it's really because I'm very much picking at nits on this. Um, sweet lady. Yeah. Because it's it's just fine. It's like the best version of Queen doing a Led Zeppelin song yeah. type of thing. It sounds straight up like a Led Zeppelin song, and but it's also just like. You know, it's fine. Yeah. And uh, the other one, I kind of love it, but I also like skip it sometimes because I don't need to listen to like eight straight minutes of 
delay effects in the studio, but the Pro- the Prophet song. Oh yeah. yeah, which is awesome. I I love it, but also yeah. Sometimes I get five minutes in and I don't really want to hear. They're like do 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 do, and like the reverse <laughs> yeah. echoes and stuff. I'm like, oh my god. Okay. This this okay. So like for me, I'm just gonna be like, I'm just gonna say what I really feel on this yeah. record. This is a great like smoke a joint listen to a record yeah. 70s yeah. record yeah because it's got like the prophet songs got those weird ah, ah, yeah. like patty <laughs> echo- <laughs> yeah it's it's like <laughs> for real i was doing yesterday at the gym like i had to sick. stop it because i was doing reps on a machine i was like oh my god we get nauseous <laughs> well we we listen to it in different ways <laughs> um Let's say let's say favorite track. Let me let me guess Luke's. Bohemian <laughs> You're my best friend. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's the It's just pop. It's boom, it's boom, perfection, boom, man. Boom, when it kicks on the keyboard sound on that record, I dare dare you to find a better sounding keyboard. Yeah. Wurlitzer. And then just the mm. on top of it, the drum sound on that song. The toms are fucking mind-blowingly good. Freddie Mercury sings this song so beautifully, written by John Deacon, the bass player. Rare, a rare songwriting by him. Yes, and he's just like sneaks in with one of like the best Queen songs. It's so good, and I think it adds like a flavor to their music onward. That like, it's just because I don't know. It's just such a sweet song. It's so sentimentally yeah i think it's their best pop pop song of all time i think so too i like it way better like better than crazy little thing called love like the uh, harmony in the choruses are just spot on it's so Mm -hmm. beautiful it it stands it stands out on this record like it could just be the Wurlitzer intro and then that drum fill and then the song could stop 12 seconds in Mm -hmm. and it'd be like yeah, that's it. Even that twelve seconds makes it a top three song of this album. Yeah, maybe. and the, the first line is like tracked with all those harmonies, like "Ooh, you're making me live." Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. So good. That's my favorite song. Excellent song. Beautiful song. Um, if I'm picking one, because I love this album so much, I'm picking the song that I can and yesterday proved to myself definitely can listen to this song between five and ten times on repeat and that's seaside rendezvous yeah which is just two minutes of like basically a vaudeville jazz song with all like (laughs) acapella vocals studio wizardry and trickery and it's like you know tippy tappy jazz drums walking bass line and then like 50 fucking layers of like vocal trumpets and vocal like like kazoo parts and and like whistles and yeah, this... and like tap shoes sounds and it's just like the funny wordplay and and it's a it's like it's a straight up like musical theater yeah mini like thing i love that song yeah it's like ragtimey <laughs> paul, paul mccartney-esque yeah, yeah yeah definitely paul mccartney-esque but like there's so many moments there's so many like where it's like it's like a it's like Seaside a smack. Rendezvous. They do a smack like symbol. It's like, yeah. <laughs> there's a whistle. You know that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. slide whistle, slide whistle. Like, <laughs> like I I love that song. And I did listen to it. I listened to it for, for 20 straight minutes. Yeah, 
yesterday, which is like nine to twelve times or whatever yeah. that's, in a row. That's why I like this record though, because I mean, like, it's like least favorite song. I it fits so well mm-hmm. as one thing because it's Queen like being kooky and like sweet and yeah. hard rocking and proggy and mm-hmm. yeah. you know I think it's the the perfect mixture of all the stuff. What's your favorite song? Um, I I think the album opener. Death on oh, two that legs. used to be my favorite one. I thought it would. I thought it would still be because I love that song. You get that like Brian May guitar driven like descending down. Yeah. Uh, like, I love when it, I like when it, when the band the band cuts and it's a very Queen thing where it's like it's riff and then it cuts and immediately it goes. Ah! It's yeah. like six part choir harmonies yeah. like just like. Vroom. Yeah, it's just it's a killer song and I think it's a great it's a great album opener. Yeah, um, you know, we also didn't talk about the massive smashes on here. Love of my life, and obviously Bohemian Love Rhapsody. Yeah, like yeah. also Freddie Mercury just being really sweet and yeah. gentle and great piano ballad. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, I don't know. I don't think yeah. we need to say much about it, but and to to go back to something you said initially, um, I think you said it about this being your favorite one where uh they all sing. Yeah. This song is very uh evenly spaced yes. as far as lead vocals cuz there I'm looking at the track listing now almost half the songs are Brian May on on lead vocals. On um yeah cuz he sings um He sings on 39 39 Good Sweet company. Lady Prophet Song Good Company. Yeah. So so out of the vocal songs he's doing almost half of them. Yeah. I love thirty nine. It's like a folksy, like yeah. just strummy, like very Paul McCartney like type of song. When I'm sixty four, type of song. Yeah, I just, I just feel like all of their flavors come out in the best way. Like they all yeah. nurtured it to they all like in this record sounds mm-hmm. even. You yeah, know. and then very Beatles style. Like that's what I. Road, that's what I was. They thinking, do yeah. the God Save the Queen that's instrumental at the to, end yeah. to kind of put together. Even like the album artwork looks yeah. like a greatest hits album. Right. Like that's why this. Yeah, it plays like a Abbey Road kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, very. Be- I was listening to this one. I was like, oh yeah, especially Beatles. when it goes this from like a Beatles record, uh, like Lazy Sunday Afternoon, and it, like it melds into I'm in love with my car, and yeah. I'm in love with my car melds into Best Friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, your your rating. Oh, I mean, this is like a eight five nine. Yeah, I'm same eight five nine. Uh, this is a straight ten for me. Yeah, this is uh, it will always be a most loved album. If I make a list today, it's probably on the top ten. Yeah, if I make a list in five years, it's probably on the top ten. Yeah, if I make a list in twenty years, it's probably, probably on the top, on the top ten. 10. Um, it's just like, it's so, there's so much variety. There's so much, and it's just a full statement start to start to finish. Um, yeah. Yeah. And queen doing what queen does best because an album chock full of everything still only clocking in at 43 minutes long. Also why it's great. And that's and all their everybody albums. Everybody thinks Bohemian Rhapsody is super long. It's, it's like not five that and a half long. It's five long. and a half minutes long. It's yeah. not long. Yeah, but that's because the people who listen to Bohemian Rhapsody aren't listening to Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying though? Because like that's that's kind of what it is. Because mm-hmm. this is in the context. You listen, know, like it could you, fit in with Yes, but like if you haven't sat through that Stooges uh, dirge on their first record, <laughs> I don't want to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the yeah. one on the Velvet Underground record. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is a song I mean I didn't talk about it really, but that was like the first song in popular music that I heard that the whole time I was thinking what it was like blowing my mind the whole time. Yeah. And yet it makes perfect sense. It's so like it's bonkers. Like if another band did this or if it was done wrong, like it could have been done so wrong. Oh, but it's yeah. so perfect. It's so like it's a pop song. It's this rock epic. It's and I, it comes I remember back to it. It's it's like the rock opera anthem. Yeah, I, rem- rock I remember opera. it. Remember being very obsessed with it. Yeah, very, very yeah. obsessed. I remember watching the music video on some like music video website over mm. and oh, and like watching them like get yeah, the, yeah. the pose, like the Mick yeah. Rock pose, and they're singing it, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" But even the just the song, like the arc of the song too, is just so amazing because it's like you get fast, you get slow, you get ballad, you get. Every, you, everything Rockin'. is in one fucking song. You also get, yeah, those very operatic, crazy, harmonized parts and all that. And mm-hmm. our friend Roger hitting us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our friend Roger hitting us with uh, the crazy highs in there and stuff, too. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, and I think it's proof that uh, something that I always think, which is like, regardless of what it is, style or the band or whatever, good stuff always connects with people. Because yeah, this yeah, song. Of course. Like, fucking Hell's Angels love this song. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? And musical theater dorks love this song. Yeah. And fucking 50-year-old moms love this song. Yeah. And 12-year-old boys love this song. And, like... Yeah, because it's just... And it's just... fucking... It's a crazy song. It's yeah. crazy. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a piano classical ballad turned into classical rock acapella <laughs> into a rock guitar solo back into a piano ballad. Yeah. And it's like one of the most beloved songs in and music history. One of the most heartbreaking lines, man, at the end. Nothing really matters. Mm. What's and the best line in this song? I think nothing really matters. Everyone can see. I like when he goes, I think I'm all <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like... Uh, uh, no, my the best part is when he goes. I don't want to die when he delivers the uh, line. I, I don't want to die. My oh. favorite is the for the, real the, though. The, the, I've never oh, been born at all. To the guitar solo, man. It's right before uh, that where he goes, "Mamma mia, mamma mia, <laughs> mamma mia, baby." Yeah, yeah, we'll move. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Is the nonsense words in there? <laughs> like that crazy high note. It's like. Because when you're a kid, and like I remember me and my friend Ian would sing this song down the street, like just to see if we could remember all the words. Yeah. And you get to that part, and you just like, and you'd like be like, oh, I don't remember any of this nonsense. You'd be and then you know, stuff. but you'd know all of the nonsense, like spot yeah. on, like you wouldn't think yeah. you would. Yeah, right. It's, it's a perfect. It's a perfect song. It's great. Yeah, and it's it like, might actually be like yeah. a ten out of ten perfect song. Str- One of the greatest songs ever written. And like the. I mean, some some of the moments where it uh, sends shivers down my spine, and then Brian May does the, the, the little twirl on the on the like top of the nut on yeah. the strings. The gong, like the gong oh, I thought at that the was end. wind chimes. No, he, he on the. I know what you're saying. You know, he, now he, he yeah, has yeah, a, yeah. he does a little plinky thing, and they had the mic on that side. Um, the gong at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. I mean, this song features a gong very prominently, but tastefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I also love the last line of it. Anyway the wind blows. Cuz it's it's it, yeah, yeah that's it, a, that's it, it goes so tongue in cheeky yeah. there where it's just like 
Because it's kind of a... It, like, ends as a comedy. Yeah. You know? It's... In, in a weird way, like... Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh... Let's talk about some Yaz, guys. Yeah. Our favorite yeah. subject. We're going to skip... Now, we're we're going to skip, yeah, A Day at the Races albums. and News of the World, two good albums. Check yeah. Listen to them. And we're... I do love News of the World. It's a good record. Yeah, um, any album that we skip in this period are worthwhile as well. Um, so yeah, going on to the next album, which is Jazz. Yes. Um, cool. Yes. <laughs> oh, can I start? Can I start talking about this record? <laughs> Please. I didn't realize. I I never thought who System of a Down ripped off until I listened to the first track Mustafa? on this record. Mustafa, because <laughs> this is a pre-System of a Down System yeah. of a Down. I song. mean, he is Armenian, kind of, kind of. No, he's really. well, he's Indian, Parsi. but he was yeah. he was he grew up in Zanzibar. Yeah, which is which is in off the uh, like Armenian North coast. No, it's North. No. Well, North Africa. Africa. Oh, yeah. maybe yeah. I read everything wrong today. He's his family is Parsi, which is like uh, Western India near Iran. So yeah, you know. A brown, but Armenian a brown is... person born in colonial, yeah, you know, colonial and then wound settlement up, yeah. and yeah. right, right. But yeah, this, this, like, it's like I, there's I, Arab, I fucking love this. There's song. Arabic. There's straight nonsense. There's, yeah. there's just it's just so good. And it's heavy and yeah. like and like jarring and yeah. like it's never I, again I will song. we be able to put gibberish language on. On. No, <laughs> no, it's a thing of the past. Yeah. It's a thing of the past. It is. I'm gonna make a playlist for you guys. I got three already. I think. That has gibberish nonsense <laughs> words in it. Are you making us a gibberish playlist? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I I I picked this as one of the ones we talked about because um, this is an album that has enough hits to keep it afloat. Yeah. And I think there's good deeper cuts, but the hits on this album: um, "Fat Bottom Girls," "Bicycle Race," "Don't Stop Me Now," three of probably their ten biggest yeah. songs. Um, and then the rest of the album, I think, is I love Queen, so it's more hit than miss for me. But I could see if some people like did rejected this album because it is a little all over the place, not in a great way at times. Mm. Um, yeah, I I think this is their most theatrical album, like in a in a way of like all their other songs are very theatrical and, and over the top and all that. But this this is like, I would say this album is like a very much a flights of fancy album where like yeah. Mustafa is is it's is so it an indul- album opener? It's so indulgent. Is it the album opener? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it I'm is. asking the question like, is yeah. it the best album opener for this album? No, they might have hit the nail on the head because <laughs> this album is track two would have been like for me the album opener. Fat Bottom Girls is track two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. this rocket with like yeah. a good right. Mustafa, it's a bit weird to open. Oh, the album it's with. very weird to open. The yeah, album I feel with. like I feel like Mustafa is like a, that's a side two track. Oh yeah, you know that's but not that, an album. But opener. that's what I mean. Jazz. This is the album where Queen were now a huge band after grinding for six albums. Yeah, and I think they uh, ego and possibly some substances with their head <laughs> Co- making this, making this album. Drug. Okay, so let's just talk about the packaging real fast. The album. Uh, artwork I love the album artwork. is like so an bizarre. art deco like um um spiral with the word yeah it's pink. like a bullseye yeah with like jazz coming out of the <laughs> pink okay and then when you bought the album it came with a poster 
um, of, of about like 300 uh, fully nude women on bicycles. Oh, okay. That was huh. available. Yeah, from the from the naked bicycle race in like promo film. Sweden or whatever. Yeah. I think the board, isn't the board of the album cover pink bicycles too? If you like zoom in. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. Well, yeah, they're along the bottom. Yes. There's bicycles all along the bottom. But uh, yeah, the poster, if yep. you, it's on the Wikipedia page. But um, if you ever, I've seen it in person before. It, is it, you're like, is it a foretaste? Yo, man, that. You should have seen the cover they yeah. won. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine in 1978 you line up a big fat rail on this on this? Sleeve. Oh, this is a co- this We're is a just, cocaine record. You, you, you just stare into that bullseye spiral, <laughs> and you just see the word jazz, and you're like, just do it. Mustafa's playing. You're blowing rails like you're in a fucking like you're in a fucking bazaar. All right, what are the highlights of the record? Because uh, it does well, have say, it does have great tunes. Yeah, let's let's hit low lights. Um, I'm low saying lights. I'm saying my low light is um <laughs> no well my low light is, is dreamer's ball which i think is sung by brian may but no yeah, freddie mercury oh it is sung by freddie mercury uh may wrote it though okay um that's my least favorite i would say because it i just see how it could have been so much better if an easy fix was made and it's really because the guitar tone on the whole song is that like cocked back wall like super like whatever out of phase type of thing. So it just has, has just like muffled sound on the guitar yeah. the whole time. So it doesn't come alive. The rest of the album is so like in your face at times. And that album is like a fucking snooze fest because the guitar sound just is, yeah, mm. it's a dud. Yeah. I'm going to go, uh, if you can't be, don't, if you can't be, don't join. <laughs> uh, it just didn't come off. Yeah, great to me. They wasn't remember when I was listening Ugh. to it. I was like, and I love John Deacon who wrote this tune, but mm. uh, not not a uh, not a, yeah. not a not a great one for me. Didn't connect well. This is an in your face album, and that one is pretty. See, for face. me, I love like Bag School Race because it's it's so fucking weird. It's yeah. a weird song. Mm. So for me, go weird on the whole, re- go super weird on the whole record, and make it like all about yeah. weird stuff, like you know, having sex with a car, or like you know what I mean, or don't. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like go, yeah, yeah, go in, or because this one, it like some of it felt like there was like way too <clears throat> conventional, mm-hmm. and then like way out there, like great art mm-hmm. pieces, which were like worked really well, and then the conventional stuff for me on here doesn't work well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's how I kind of felt. I think Leaving Home Ain't Easy is probably my least favorite song on the record. Because it's just like, let the Eagles be the fucking Eagles yeah. and just be queen. Because yeah, like, yeah. I'm just like, I don't need another sleepy Southwestern ballad. Like, yeah, just... well, that's what I'm saying. The conventional stuff yeah. is that stuff that ends up sounding out of place, right? Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. Yeah, because this is just like, just a singy, songy, kind of like guitar stringy yeah. song. And then you're just like... Where, like, how did we get here? Because give me the madness. I want the English madness. Like, <laughs> see, for me, this should have been a, a like, and I know this is gonna sound really bizarre, but the way that Fat Bottom Girls and Bicycle Race have a connected, like, uh, lyrical, mm-hmm. this should have been like a weird, like, um, yeah, just make an album about fucking bicycles. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you know what but I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I'm right, saying. And right. make it some weird sexual metaphor about bicycle race. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, would that would have been way more enjoyable than right. you know? How about, how about very strangely? Because we talked about like their jazzy and like ragtime and vaudeville stuff. 
the album called Jazz, I think is the only album that they have that has no jazzy songs on it. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm looking at the track list. I don't think any of these are those type of songs. No. Um Yeah, my uh how about can I also say, like you said, bicycle race, I it's so you know, it is what it is. It's the long, in not in a bad. If it when you feel, when you're not in the mood, it's a bad way. But really, not in a bad way. It's the longest feeling three minute long song in human <laughs> history. I, I, my mind was blown when I like looked down on my phone. And I'm like, good God, this song is only three minutes long. It feels yeah, like it's it five minutes like it's long. Eternity. It feels like like Bohemian Rhapsody length, and it's three minutes. Because it like it, cut, does. it like dies in the middle, and then they bring it back with with another bridge, and you're like. Oh my God! There's more in the song. It's only three minutes long. I love the lyrical content of Bicycle Race because you say wrong, I say right. You say black, I say white. That's cocaine. That song is true. Yeah, it should just be called arguing with myself. Jaws was never my scene, and I don't like Star Wars. It's like nobody asked. These are the we assume you weren't into Star Wars. These are the four a.m. rantings of a madman. That's that's my favorite part though, because the the argument that he seems don't believe in Peter Pan. Code word for cocaine. <laughs> I just want the rock. I bet you. I bet you. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet. The well, how do we it, feel about the bell? So they're really it. They're in it. How do we feel about the yeah. bell solo? I love the bells. Me too. I love it. Because that's where I thought the song ended, and then it comes with another bridge and another chord. And then the guitars have a race where they go like... Oh, yeah, I forgot the guitar fugue. I forgot the guitar fugue. Yeah, they race. They made the guitars race in the song. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. It's such a... That's why I'm saying, like, that song is so thought... And we're, like, laughing about all the fun parts of it. And it's so well done. Where yeah. like the other, you're like, why didn't the other songs get yeah. nearly the attention? Yeah. How about fa- favorite songs? Uh, I like Fat Bottom Girls, and I like it yeah. for probably all the wrong reasons. I like yeah. it because Freddie Mercury's a gay guy singing about women, yeah. and so that's why I like it because it's got yeah. like a, a great like turn of he like loved, he loved sexuality. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like about a it. Whole- <laughs> it's like a weird <laughs> turn of sexuality. Freddie Mercury's mind. Oh, it's all. Let's be real. Yeah, love is love. Love is love. Love is love, and so is cocaine. Um, I my favorite songs are. Uh, I couldn't pick one, so I'm gonna say two. I I like. I do love jealousy. I love the lyrics. Um, it's my favorite of the ballad songs on this. The symbol sounds and the the symbol rolls are just very uh, very well done. And I like that buzzing like sitar type acoustic guitar that's used. And then really, like, because this album is made, it's pure mania. I love the last song, More of That Jazz, which, again, is yeah. a Roger Taylor <laughs> just a- driving. Dun, 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 dun. And it's, like, the greatest guitar tone on that song. Yeah. Great guitar tone. And then the whiplash, like, fucking medley of, like, 10 seconds clips of ev- of all the songs that came before it. Where you're like, oh yes, this is a cocaine fueled fever dream. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, I I just love uh, that song. It's so over the top. Yeah. Michael's favorite song is Mustafa, and you can't change it. 
Mustafa, as he should have. I, I do like Don't Stop Me Now as well. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, um, oh, yeah. We, we didn't even talk about Don't Stop Me Now. That's such an epic Huge song. Hit, yeah. It's so epic. It's so yeah. good. That would be like if you had to do a, uh, like an A and B side, you'd do like Killer Queen and Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah. Or like a perfect pairing of yeah. like Queen at their queenest. Great yeah. uh, lyrical <laughs> content as well yeah. on Don't Stop Me Now. Some of the That's greatest. That's more of the ra- Some <laughs> of the greatest <laughs> metaphor yeah. of, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're giving over overall ranking overall rating to this album, six, six and a half. Six and a half, yeah, six six and a half probably. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say seven. Yeah, it would be closer to six, but I'm saying seven because the the good stuff and the the big swings I like so much. Yeah. That even like the three or four skippable snoozers, I'm like, oh, whatever. You deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is like, it's it's a bonkers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say a seven on this one. All right. Right on. Um, And the last one we're going to talk about, oh, before we move on to the fifth one, um, someone to note, Roy Thomas Baker, who is a, a co-producer of the four albums we just talked about, as well as uh, Queen 2. So he, those are um, the five albums he co-produced with them. So there were a couple in the middle, uh, News of the World and Day of the Races he didn't have a hand in. But a big person, you know, behind the scenes, working with the band, helping them become whatever, went on later to uh, The Darkness employed him for their second album to get that Queen type of sound. Yep. Um, and this next album, The Game, is their first album that they worked with, with Mac, who was um, German producer, Reinhold Mack, uh, who... Mac kind of went on to be their producer for the 80s. So Roy Thomas okay. Baker was their 70s guy. Then Mac was their dude on like their next four or five albums in the 80s. Mm. Um, this album was made in Germany with Mac, I think in Munich. And it's like, it's uh, the time when Freddie Mercury went full, like wearing a tank top and tight jeans and sporty mustache and like, going to bdsm clubs and yeah. like leather daddy like cocaine was the menu of every meal <laughs> type yeah, of right. dude type of lifestyle and uh yeah and this is like um you know not to push the metaphor too much but musically it's very throbbing and pulsing <laughs> and and, and <laughs> sexually uh you know it's yeah. It's, it's the game, baby. Yeah, it's like it's, the game, baby. it's like if you took disco and you made it meaner and like holding you at knife point in an alley. <laughs> like it's very. Uh, um, I I uh, I like this album a lot. Um, I think it's their cleanest, like production wise. First with Mac, I think it's their cleanest and tightest. Like it's a very lean sounding album. It's uh it's very, but that's like, I've done a lot of, you know, as we do our musical history research stuff, that was like a big cocaine band thing because those guys were so smacked out of their head that when they're mixing albums, they were like, no, we want, we need those, those, that, those crispy highs. And like, everything needs, everything needs to be like, 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 like hurting your teeth type of like sound. So this album, like when it's smacking and when like the hi hats are just like, cutting and like the guitar is just like slicing through the mix and uh there's not a lot of like delays and stuff on this album vocal wise it's like dry yeah dry 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 so it's just like 
Like yeah. that's how this album feels. It's like this like mean thing. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts about this album? I don't know if you. I mean, I, I've I've see, been very into I, this album for a decade. I don't know if you guys know this. See, album for me, much. this is like the Queen album. Okay, so like as a record collector, right? I'm gonna yeah. get real nerdy with you guys. The Queen albums you see out in the wild all the time are the yeah. game. Yep. And um uh uh night night at the opera. Sure. You yeah. see those two a lot. And then um, almost like oh, what would you say? Almost like no, no other Queen albums a lot. Uh, News of the World. Yeah, but that's once maybe. in a while. Like, that's it's once not, in a while. You don't see it in everyone's bins. This album is you'll in, see like, Queen one in like a dollar bin, <laughs> maybe three dollar bin. Not, but I'm saying like all, all the time. Like you see all in every yeah, yeah, collection. Yeah. This album's but, in every single collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those records that uh, a lot of people listen to and heard. Um, and it's got like really memorable like classic it sounds like classic rock songs it's mm-hmm. got like a lot of like great like what acdc was kind yep. of doing mm-hmm. and it mixes like a lot of like what disco was doing and then it mixes um like prog and like rush elements mm-hmm. um like moving pictures um so it does like a lot of that stuff and it produces it in like a cohesive sounding like full record like it was um one of the records that sounds like kind of the same all the way through mm-hmm. um and has like a ballad for like the softer i'm gonna be a little sexist here but like the women uh, audience mm-hmm. at the time and i think this record is it's a smash i feel like it's mm-hmm. um just a giant production and whether like it's even like the their best record it definitely is like maybe one of their most classic records mm-hmm. just because it's such a like um it it would usher in 80s queen and let them write out the 80s on the strength of this one record alone i think so mm-hmm. that's uh kind of my thought of it i just think it's super classic yeah yeah um i think like if you listen to a song like dragon attack great tune uh y- the the stroke makes sense well you know I'm what i'm sure. saying like it, that's that's mm. that was something that I when look- i was listening to dragon attack and the stroke and the billy did- squire for those who don't know the stroke that came out in 1981 this record is 1980 so like did you know who plays on that record with billy squire who's it most, most of the members of queen really all right yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, very no interesting shit. right that yeah. i did not know, i looked yeah. up that shit too because dragon attack sounds just like the stroke yeah except it came out before the stroke right exactly yeah i listened to it and i was like wait a minute this is the fuck this is the stroke <laughs> Well, you like, s- and you said ACDC, and that's you can hear ACDC on this. Yeah, because this was the same and time then, as Back in Black. And, even le- and then the lyric right. of Dragon Attack is what we were talking about earlier, where they would go on to still sing songs about dragons, but it is in <laughs> yeah. it's in like a beer drinking context of a song. So it's like you know what I mean. It's mm. that kind of it's like the rush that was cool at the time. Yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. I do love Crazy Little Thing Called Love Too. That's a great song. It's got that sort of like uh, Brian May kind of does that Chuck Berry style rockabilly-ish kind of guitar it's solo the, in there. the Elvis tribute. Yeah. What's uh What's a Lee's favorite song? <clears throat> um, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Rocket. I'm I'm kind of okay with yeah. that song. Yeah. Any song um, at this point by 1980 that was like the principal like motion like the the song structure of it was like we are rocking. <laughs> Yeah, um, there are like, a lot. There, there's a long list of dude. Those songs. I could do with any like at this yeah. point by 1980. If the song was about rocking, what you were literally doing, <laughs> probably not that great. Yeah. But yeah. as I'm saying, in the album context, though, it yeah. it plays the album played very consistently. Yeah. As somebody that listens to tons of albums, it played well. 
So yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, my my least favorite. Um, it's sail away, sweet sister. Just mm-hmm. because, like, I got halfway through the song and I thought, why is this like? It's it seems like it'd be very good, but it's like something is just the sparkle's not there. And then I looked up and it's because it's Brian May, May. singing. It's it, Brian May is doing his best Freddie Mercury on it, but it's not Freddie Mercury. It doesn't yeah. have that that like higher like that tone that like that that sizzle that he has in his voice. Um, so it's yeah, it's just underwhelming. Sail away, sweet sister. Hmm. I also noted when listening to this record, like I did say it played well, mm. but the main thing I noticed was side one was stacked with the hits. Right. There was no hits on side two, so mm. um, you didn't have that like killer opener or like closer with that popular what? song that were, like really was like yeah. kept you like maybe more interested in what was around it. What does side two open with? Uh, Rocket. Oh, it starts with Rocket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know what I mean? And, I mean, I loved uh, Don't Try Suicide. Like, as a... <laughs> I do, though, because it's more of, like, an out there... Yeah, yeah. Out there yeah. thing. It belonged on jazz. Thank you, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, if you moved, like, Don't Try Suicide as the yeah. uh, closer instead of Crazy Little Thing, and then opened Upside 2 with Crazy Little Thing Called Love... Oh, sure. It would have yeah. been a different... Right. And you kick right oh, off. Yeah. Oh, okay, man. And then give me four more songs I'm not as familiar with, and it, mm. you know. But that's just my like, you know. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, how about yeah. a, how about a favorite song? Oh, it's yeah. I mean, crazy little thing called love. Oh, another no. one bites the dust. Though. Another one bites the dust is, is the another is, one bites the dust. It's the innovation. Sure. It's the it's Queen <clears throat> didn't really have like a great like danceable discoy song mm-hmm. before this. And John Deacon just lays down that. It's like one of the best bass tones of all time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The tone is yeah. yeah the tone's amazing. Uh, the drum loop, innovative mm. and great because you can yeah. tell it's a drum loop too because it stops. Like yeah. if you if you listen to the loop, the drum loop like stops and then clicks back in. Like, yeah. so I don't know. Um, your favorite is crazy little thing. Uh no, oh, my favorite is uh, um, uh, another one bites the dust. My favorite yeah. song, and it's like a top five Queen oh, song. Wow. Dragon Attack. Yeah, I was gonna say. I fucking actually, love now, Drive, Dragon Attack. Now that I pull it back up, Dragon Attack might be my favorite. The guitar sounds so good, and the drums, the like seven toms, like fills yeah. all over the place. The groove, it's just like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that That's song. what I'm saying. Like, but oh, see, I loved, I it's loved riffy. a lot of the songs mm-hmm. of this record. I just wish it was like sequel because that's a killer song. You could put mm-hmm. it on side two, and then we could have enjoyed like yeah. a stronger. I just felt like it all. It was great, and then it's very top heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, yeah, I I liked it. I I liked the record uh, for what it was, and it was definitely like when you listen to it, you it got me like um. It was a great record to listen to and like kind of put yourself back in 1980 and like that rock fan mm-hmm. and what they listened to and this was like a high watermark for that yeah. kind of period. Um, yeah. What's your rating for this? Uh, I mean, I'll do like seven. Strong seven. Mm-hmm. I think Strong this seven. is like an eight. Yeah, I want to wow, give it for the first time. I've wow. I I want to give it an eight. Wow. I'm saying seven and a half because the back half. I just needed like one more big, big like, yeah. smacker in the second half. Yeah, I just feel like it's seven and a half. I just feel like the strength of another one bites the dust is yeah. like so great for Queen that I just feel like if yeah, I'm a, that's why. Yeah. yeah, 
So yeah, and I think too, like you had, like you just said, like you can you can look at this record and and be like, you know, like maybe for some people, like maybe for us, it would be different, like a different rating if the songs were organized in a different way. Yeah. But you know, very cohesive know. album though. That's why I I, yeah. I give it an eight anyway because yeah. all in all, like mm-hmm. even crazy little thing called love fits with dragon attack on yeah. the same side somehow. So <laughs> eight. So we'll if hold we're it off. if we're going, was that your highest ranking then? Uh, I might did or, I rank or night at the opera? I think I rated that one a nine. Okay, so overall, all three of our favorites was night at the opera. Yeah. 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 And then our second favorite was either the game or Sheer Heart Sheer Attack. Attack. Yeah. Yeah. Our, I think all of our least favorite was the debut. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. And then jazz and Jazz Jazz is floats somewhere in the middle. It's just Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jazz was yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um we're gonna take a break, but yeah. then we're we're gonna come back, we'll get a little bit into the um, members of Queen and our thoughts about uh, those guys and yeah. overall thoughts about the band. Yeah. All that stuff. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you. An unquantifiable. Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people i.e. comedians they know and talk feelings every friday hear very funny people reminisce on ren and stimpy worry about the wizard of oz and emote over their emo phase check out feel feelings with danny and george a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them I've been re- I've been born. I've been born. You said you're ready. I said I've been I've been I've been born. Welcome back. Luke's been born. I've been born. Not ready. again. He's I've been just born. Been born. Ready. Well, I have been. <laughs> I have been. Been yeah. what? I've just been. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about Queen. We're gonna wrap up uh, just hitting the band members themselves and just our thoughts since we haven't gone very deep into all their. A particular set of strengths and skills, or um, curly hairdos, or curly hairdos. Great, such great good hair. hair. Great hair. Good, Brian good, May. good or memorable. We'll say memorable. <laughs> Thank hair. you both. Um, let's start with uh, John Deacon, the bass player for Queen. Um, I think he is an under vastly underrated bassist. His playing is very melodic. It's very bouncy. It's very versatile. He plays the song. He uh, wrote maybe their best pure pop song, You're My Best Friend. He was hired into the band as the youngest band member um, because of his playing, but also because of his audio engineer and uh, like technical skills. He built Brian May's amp, the Deaky amp, yeah. which like from what I can tell, it's like the full-size version of similar thing that what like Tom Schultz from Boston went on to do with the... Uh, Rockman amp where it's like this like only a master volume no tone like just this boosted trebly like cut in searing simple amp um he reminds me a lot of john paul jones from led zeppelin and john entwessel from from the the who because he is a monster but he's like 
I'm cool just being in the shadows and like never talking and like no personality and yep. retiring when the band when the band <laughs> yes. stops. I just like he he Freddie Mercury died when John Deacon was like forty or forty one. And then they did some, you know, reunion things for the next like four or five years. And for the last twenty five years he's just been like making living money a life. Yeah. Yeah. And like not involved in the band except for like getting residual checks and like he's not part of their shit in the last 20 years of like performing with other people. And, uh, I, I respect that. I highly respect it as well. Yeah. I feel like it's a good move. He's like, uh, I don't know. Secret weapon guy. He's just like, he's the guy that didn't want any lime white limelight just did the work and then like left when the job was done. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, like you said, highly respectable. Yeah. Um, every band needs that. I agree. That member that just knows to the grindstone. Like let's, Let's just work. Shit a lot of the like times it's the, the bass player because yeah. it's yeah. like the bass player's got a, has a job that like most people will never understand anyway mm-hmm. and they don't understand the function of it like most modern music people have no idea what like a bass player does or what the function of it or why it's yeah. important so mm-hmm. i feel and like how, how why it's why it is so important yeah so those guys like just took their function in their bands and just uh made i think did their mm-hmm. work the best they could and uh he's the yeah high function of yeah it. not and not to say he's a wet blanket because you watch live stuff, and he's up there. He's boogieing. He's dancing oh, yeah. around. He's having a good time. I mean, he wrote another one a, bites the dust. Yeah, but he's a glue guy. He's like the he's the perfect bandmate, I think. Yeah, eagle. Yeah, egoless really. I right. think. And swimming in a sea of ego. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, moving on to the drummer and one of the vocalists, Roger Taylor. Yeah. Um, again, I'm gonna say this word a lot. An Andre drummer. I have to admit. I think anytime I listen to Queen now, I think back to our episode talking about drummers and how we did our like and also's. And then Luke was like, Well, Jeff, what about one of your favorite guys? And I was like, Who are you talking about? He's like, From Queen. And I like smacked my head and I'm like, God damn it, how did I forget this guy? Because he is an iconic drummer. Um, he, I'm just going to say this, whatever you want to call it, I call it the sizzle snare. He has that thing where he's, Anytime he does a snare, he like opens a hi hat a little bit to like punch up the snare and yeah. give it that like extra thing. Um, just like a very, you know, distinguishable drummer. Very, you can tell it's him playing because of that sizzly snare. And even the snare by itself when he's not sizzling away on the hi hat, always great tones, always great tom sounds. He has a great sense of um, timing. Like yeah. his his um, fills are like so creative in right. the song and they're usually so simple. Yeah. They're usually just like normal like stuff you would do on the uh what the heck they call that rotor toms, like four right. toms yeah. kind of thing. And it's just like basic like, you know, basic fills and they're just so in time with like and they're never distracting. Mm-hmm. Just sound great. Yeah. Killer. Um yep. as far as a vocalist, I said earlier when we started talking about Roger Taylor. Split the singing, wig, baby. Split the wig. I think he's great lead vocals because he's like a dude who sings lead vocals on maybe at most two songs on an album, usually just one song on an album. Um, I think every time it's heavy double tracking, uh, kind of like a mean, snottier, like John Lennon style of lead vocals. And this is what my realization was. When I listen to Roger Roger Taylor, his voice, I think, is what Roger Waters thinks that Roger Waters sounds like. High five. Right fucking now. Because I'm yes, listening to I, it and I'm, I'm like, so happy you I'm said like, that. can you imagine if, if Roger Taylor was singing the lead on all the wall songs, it'd be, it'd be what I want the wall to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm so happy you said that because I had that, I had that <laughs> okay, same good. fucking good. thought. I forget which song it was that I was yeah. listening to, but I was like, 
Oh no! This is what Roger Waters was trying to do. Like <laughs> yeah, it just like clicked in my head. Like, but oh, he no, actually can. A, he a, actually can be on pitch and right. like forceful and, and like. He doesn't have. He doesn't have that sort of that like goofy, goofy, goopy. Yeah, of, right. Yeah. Whenever well, Roger Waters, <laughs> when Roger Waters is like gets angry too, like right. in his like lyric, <laughs> well, it feels. It never feels artistic. It feels like he's fucking yelling Wait, at did you. Did you say autistic? I thought, <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to I, I feel like it's just, you know what I mean. Though. It, yeah, yeah. It loses its yeah. artsiness, and it yeah. just feels like he's fucking yelling at you, and you're just oh, like, yeah. yeah, thanks. I don't Jesus, need this. Thanks. It's yeah. like he becomes Uncle Roger. Yeah, you're yelling, like, I don't yelling need. Yelling at me, I yeah. can't have my fucking pudding if I don't eat yeah. my meat. You yeah, know? that's I'm just like, dude. So that's why I like Roger Taylor, because yeah. he's like, embracing the tone of his yes. voice yes. and just double track it to make it even more pronounced and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Brian May, guitar player, another vocalist, an absolutely distinctive guitar player. Like, like there's, no there's a handful of them. There's like Santana. You always know it's Santana. Yeah. Hendrix. You always know it's Hendrix. Jimmy Page. Page for the most part. You always know it's Jimmy Page. Brian May. You always know it's him. Yeah. Especially on his lead play, especially on the lead play. You know, I was I, I like I was listening to him play and he does have a sound that's sort of similar to um is it Tom Schultz from Boston? Right, right. It's that super sort of like focused kind of right. like like it has this sort of like it sounds like it's coming a through laser. a cone. Yeah, yeah, it's like a laser right. And then yeah. with Brian May on top of it too. His guitar, which is just like a slab body mm-hmm. of like oak that was made it out came of a from desk. a desk, his college a desk, desk that him yeah, and his dad, his dad built, and built a the fireplace. Guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, so it's that it's that yeah. plus the fact that he didn't use a conventional pick like made of plastic. He actually was using like currency. He was using coins. A co- yeah. yeah, he was using coins instead of picks, and it just it gives. Such a distinguished sort of attack nail and sound. On a, it's the like nail on a chalkboard Pl- and, on and the string because we all know like if you went to strum a guitar with a coin, you have to be so gentle. Otherwise, you just break the string every time. But that's why his attack is so is so him, and it's like yeah. it doesn't sound like anything else. Plus, it's and he precise, has those single coil pickups too. Yeah. So the those single coil pickups are just like searing. Yeah. through the mix every time. Uh, and he, he because it's a home homemade guitar, and it it's very specialized because it has three separate pickup selectors. It has an in and out of phase selector. He's using the Deke amp, so it has that Tom Schultz sound where it can be this lightning bolt, but it can also be that like cocked wah sound. It can be yeah. very, it can be that like like cello type of sound. Right. It, so so many different tones and so so uniquely always him but like able to have a, a large palette of colors he yeah. was able to use i right. think he's super innovative too uh obviously because like the harmonized guitar leads mm. that aren't done in the thin lizzy way they're done like differently mm. um also yeah. i think he was great at um taking songs that were unconventional for guitar and then putting guitar in them and yeah. it not being uh I just want something to do and like ruining the song. It, yeah. it would always like kind of class it up in a way. So, and he would have a good dialogue with Freddie Mercury vocally as well. Mm-hmm. Like he would he, like Brian May was always good for just sort of like re affirming like the, the melodic theme based mm-hmm. off of what Freddie Mercury was singing. So you got a lot of that kind of back and forth, which is sort of deep purple ish in a way. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to talk some poop though, I think like he his hair sucks. No, no, no. <laughs> I think like he still has a, he's seventy five years old with the same hair. He yeah, like he's, he's like the steel, steel wool hat. <laughs> he's like the legacy of the band sometimes that I don't enjoy because he's the one yeah. that I think like tells like the stories that like maybe like aren't as they happened or sure. like maybe inserts yeah. himself in a way sometimes that like I'm like well, I don't think that's like you know right yeah um but like. Other than that, he's not like the worst case of somebody doing right. that in the world. Yeah. Um, he's no Mike Love, so you know what oh I mean. Oh my God! Last night we're on the phone. He's like, "I'm gonna go." Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna say it, man. I, I was gonna I'm just gonna, gonna say it. Him. I'm just gonna say it. Brian May is the Mike Love of Queen, and I was like, "You're gonna Mike Love <laughs> Brian May right now?" No, he's nowhere close to that. Yeah, yeah. he's nowhere close to that at all. Just, I know. We're just we're he's, just joking. He's, of he's you know. He's, he's the, guarding the legacy and and fluffing up the stories. If you and, have an interview, yeah, with it's Queen. like Ray Manzarek did with the Doors after Jim Morrison died. Same oh, kind of very idea. Much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing. It's just you know he's the one that he's the reason you know about Queen. Yeah. He's keeping the legacy alive. I just you know. Yeah. And I'm gonna end with uh, he does some lead vocals and sometimes mm-hmm. they are underwhelming, but the songs where it works, I think he has a nice warm. Nice, nice voice. Yeah. Like nice, not meaning like yeah, it's okay. But like actually, it's like a very pleasant voice, and it's very um, so. Especially the strummy, folky stuff. I think it sounds very good on vocals. Um, and now we come to Freddie Mercury, the star of the show, the big Kahuna, the uh, the mustache, the the mustache, mustache on the face of the band. Um, Freddie Mercury, he's the is, man. He's the man. If he if he's not the number one rock frontman of all time, he's on the top three or four in my opinion he's number one for me without thinking yeah like if i'm even naming other dudes roger uh robert plant roger daltrey's all right as a front man david lee roth david lee roth uh, mick, mick jagger mick, mick jagger. jagger the old ghoul right but for me like like <laughs> like sing music Ozzy. ability stage pres- presence Behind the scenes, rock star, etc. Like he is the dude. Like yeah, he's he's the guy. Well, he, I think me. he. You know what I think is unique about him. Like most of the guys that we named, right, are kind of better one than the other. So you have like the band frontman, and then you have the lead singer. You know, and I think some of the other guys kind of have a bit more percentage leaning t- one towards the other. I think Freddie Mercury is the only one that's like dead center. A hundred percent, both. Yeah, he's I think like he's the, the best, best front man, yeah. and he's the best lead singer. I think he's the best singer in rock music. Yeah, yeah, like because he can whatever get gritty, you consider if he needs to get music. gritty, he can get delicate and high. Yeah. If he needs to get delicate and high, he can do mm. everything. And nobody sounds like him. Which to me, I would rather a distinctive one of one, like you know, it's him singing type of voice. Yeah, Tom Petty. I always go to him where I'm like, yeah, he's take it or leave it to me. But really, he's Tom Petty. You know it's Tom Petty when he's singing. Yeah, that's Freddie Mercury something. is a pretty much perfect singer, and you always know it's him. Yeah, there nobody else sounds like him. Very well, distinctive. Yeah. His phrasing is super. It's just so like unique it's and like such high level. Yeah, he is is like the way he per, like pronunciates mm-hmm. words is so like on point and on like to the rhythm of the song the way like other people are wouldn't sing or yeah and the emotion he's yeah. able to 
yeah, you know, inflect like, on every yeah, word. Just, yeah, yeah, like every word is thought about, like when it's sung, like emo- in an emotional way. Where like sometimes people aren't able to hold like those both in hand at the same time. It's yeah. either like you're trying to sing on pitch, and then like then you put too much emotion in. It. He had both all the time, steady and, lines. Of and it. you never get the you never get the feeling, especially when you watch the live stuff. You never get the feeling that he's like out of breath, like like he's like you know what I mean. Like it's he's so never easy for him. he's so in control. <laughs> yeah. Everything like his breathing, he is yeah. a master of controlling his breath. Because I'll tell you what, man, if you're if you're running around on stage yeah. and sitting down and hammering out piano and then getting up and like shuffling across stage and fucking running up here, there, and everywhere and singing with the crowd and to the crowd and back and forth and all that, mm. dude, you get winded so yeah. you can get winded so quick if you don't if you're not careful with how you breathe especially in a live performance and for him it's just like yeah it's just an, it's another day at the races you know what i mean it's i like it's how just, um freddie mercury actually seemed like he liked his audience too always oh, yeah like there yeah. was never like a lot of rock stars like have the contention with the audience which is excited like jim morrison even like you know mick jagger to some extent has like that push pull with the audience sometimes yeah but like his was always like a it was always seemed like a so inclusive I, yeah like i need you to do what i'm about to do so let's get on with it and yeah. like be the, yeah so i don't know yeah. it like always seemed like he enjoyed having fans and liked mm-hmm. ha- playing for the audience yeah. and um, which is not everybody does that. Now everyone's playing for the audience. Queen seemed to always he always yeah. seemed to be playing to the audience, never to the band. Yeah, like they never seemed to be like and, just play and to play like to them for themselves. It was I mean, always for the adulation of other people. You look at live. I mean, you know, it's it's featured in the film. It's the it's the, the call live. responses. But the call, the- dude, that stuff like that kind of crowd control. That's that's crazy. I think they hold the record for playing in front of the most people. Uh, where was it? It was somewhere, I think maybe like South America, maybe. But they played for a crowd of like 160,000 people. Yeah. That's that's fucking crazy, man. 160,000. That's a sea of humans. That's crazy. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, especially listening to the albums, because you think of him, you know, holding the like half mic stand and like marching around stage and like yeah. doing the fist pumps. Listen to the albums. He is like, oh, he's a much better keyboard and piano player than people even understand. People yeah. even understand like the he's like, uh, like he's like a Brahms or like Litz style piano player. Like when, very when yeah. he's playing at like, uh, super romantic and yeah. lush and when he right, plays yeah. like Bohemian Rhapsody and he like crosses his hand over to the yeah yeah very and it's so like. It doesn't look like he needs to lift his hand as much as he's lifting it to plunk over the other note, but he fucking, like, every time he, like, yeah, makes but it that's dramatic. Showbiz, and, showman, man. Oh, showbiz, yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. He makes it's... it look good, too. You know, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, if you can – that's something with a guitar player, performer, whatever. Like, if they make it look easy and right. good, it's even more Yeah, and, and Sorry, and, I didn't mean to cut No, no. And, like, in my opinion, the most important instrument to be playing well – when it comes to a live performance, it's the audience. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, that those are the people you're trying to connect to. That's like the common threat. You're making the music to have this community experience. And, yeah. And Queen in their, you know, wide variety of music, in their, uh, like, personalities, in their, like, you know, as an LGBT and queer icon, Freddie yeah. Mercury, like, 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 Everybody and their mom listens to Queen, and uh, you. It's uh, just a very 
a very interesting experience listening to these albums and looking back on their career because a band that you would think like this band is nuts yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this this music is all over the place but it works for everybody and everybody can find something that they love about this music and um i think freddie mercury really typifies that and like was he's like there will never be another one yeah like the voice the power the presence the leotards the leotards the scarves the mustache yeah Oh, the, and the teeth, to, just to, great teeth. Yeah, great teeth. To speak yeah. to, to that, that was a whole like that's. I mean, you know, we if you if you're in, like looking into Queen, you'll you'll come upon this. But like, so he was born with four extra teeth in the back of his mouth, in front of front. Oh, it was the front? Yeah. So oh, be, I thought it was in the back. So be, be right behind his front four, he had another set of front four adult teeth. Wow. That I think he got them uh, pulled out, but it still made his. Like so, his palate, like where the resonance's mouth was a yeah. larger shape, and like a he was able to bend notes. Yeah, he was able to like the Jesus. focus the sound. Yeah. So instead of like how how Brian May sings, or and like or like how saying like me sings, like there's a lot of roundness when you naturally sing. He had this without trying, like he could sing Happy Birthday, and it would cut through without being nasally. It was it was a like mouth. Yeah, like it would add this extra bite onto. No yeah. pun intended, but um, <laughs> like, but straight up, like that's why. Yeah. And he can he could sing Bohemian Rhapsody, which goes from these breathy like oh, no, no. in mid phrase, he would just like add a little bit more heat into the air, and it yeah. would just like slice through. Right. Um, and you have this like vibrato if he wanted to oh, just shake the note for like yeah. ever. And you'd be like, oh, so much personality, yeah. man. Like the voice. And, like, and I'm I'm a vocals guy. He is by a mile the best singer in rock music. Yeah, and by a mile. Just uh, best. I always appreciate too, like the fashion choice of just being like what you know what I mean from like going to the from like the leotard like <laughs> queen being like this royal regal thing to yeah. then going to like the hard jean mustache mm-hmm. bike like biker hat like mm-hmm. shit. And I just always like really really appreciate that. And then to like the Flash Gordon power suit like later, like in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Like I just enjoy like the um the stylistic changes yeah. that are all like seem to be predicated on Freddie Mercury's fashion choice, like yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know? And it reflects the album covers too. Like mm. they all go from flowery to more hard end to like dancey and yeah. you know, yeah. so um overall thoughts. Um my my thinking was like Queen is like if Led Zeppelin wanted to be the Beatles. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, the oh. power of three singers, the power of doing those stacked harmonies, which just a, a, like a technical note, how they got those harmonies was uh, Roger Taylor, Brian May, and Freddie Mercury would be around one mic. They would sing one part together. Then they would be around one mic, sing the harmony together. Then they'd all sing on the same mic sing a lower harmony so like it is a true choir of of tracks that you hear and it's not like one dude sings a high harmony one dude sings a middle like Beatles style where they each pick one yeah. they would all layer every one so it's, it would have this blend because you have that that nasally thing from Taylor you have that bright thing from uh, Freddie Mercury and then you have that round thing from Brian May vocally um, all four guys great songwriters yeah. they all wrote hits they all wrote great deep cuts um, they're like they're like the most epic kick-ass like musical theater band of all time. Yeah. Like even just listening, it's listening to the music alone is a visual experience somehow. 
because like it's just like yeah. it's every it's every style of music in strange ways but they all make sense and they take big chances and a lot they make a lot of things work that you think back and you're like how did in the yeah. world of popular music, how did these songs even work? Right. How did these connect to people? But it's just like good music always connects to people. So, yep. um, yeah, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. I could rant and rave about them all day. They will. I don't know if they're in my top five, but on some days they're in my top five. They're definitely a top ten band for me, though. I uh, will not uh, clutter it with any more sentiments. I feel like Jeff said it perfectly. Yeah. Here, here. I like. Yeah. They're uh, possibly the greatest like rock opera anthem band. I think ever. they're the uh the prog band that wanted to uh make songs that everybody liked. Yeah. So that's yeah. they oh, won yeah. that that's how I always yep. thought of it. Yeah. So All right. Here here. Here here. God save the queen. God save queen. <laughs> God save uh, you want to give me that weird guy that likes oh, trains? Are we doing that again? <laughs> come on, come on, give it to me, Michael. Yeah, oh, Jeff, do, do it in a British accent though. This yeah, time. Jeff, throw some, <laughs> Jeff, throw some coal in that fire, please. Oh, Jesus. Let's hear it, Michael. Uh, We're, this is a cocaine fueled train. It's a little faster than usual. Let's see if it blows hard. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.